Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, coming to you on Monday at 8pm every single week. And we talk about all the hot topics in rugby. And uh, joining me this evening so far, um, I have um, Ashwin and uh, Stephen. Ashwin, how are you doing, sir? Oh, doing all right, mate. Doing all right. Yep, yep. Sort of... uh been a while since i've been having a bit of rugby chat so in two days in a row so awesome yes it is yeah you've been in a lot of a lot of cricket and we'll see you back on um on thursday Hip on thursday at 8 p.m folks if you're, if you're into your cricket um also i've got stephen harris and two people in the green room so stephen how are you doing um i'm very good thank you sounds like we've got a a, a, a full-on team and guys on the bench this evening maybe one of us should drop off i <laughs> uh, will see how it all goes um Hello, Cornflake. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I found the right button and I've made it in the nick of time <laughs> again. <laughs> Slightly late, but hey, who cares? And now these are all all regulars who you will probably recognise from the uh, uh, well from, from what used to be driving mall and it now is New Zealand Sports Radio. But the next gentleman I'm going to bring on screen is our special guest. Um, and he actually knows how to play the game, which is kind of handy. We are always fine. Um, Dwayne, how are you doing, sir? Hey, evening, men. Uh, good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very good, thank you. Very good. Um, so, Dwayne obviously is the uh, Simone International plays at uh, scrum half, which means he basically touches the ball a lot and doesn't involve tackling as much as just voice tackling if he can. Um, <laughs> um, so, everyone, uh, hi, everyone who is joining the live chat. Do throw in any questions you have for us during the evening. Um, we're going to go through looking at the Super Rugby Law changes. Um, we'll also, uh, um, Steve, uh, Stephen Harris has got a, wants to know, should we have finals for um, Super Rugby Aotearoa? Um, and uh, oh, no, okay, okay. Was, that, was that good, bad, indifferent? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying, guys. Oh, <laughs> well, that's all right. We've talked about training tomorrow on tick. We can talk about training on pronunciation tomorrow as well. Yeah, we can. <laughs> We'll also talk about private investments in rugby, uh, especially with the uh, with um, the All Blacks jersey being up for grabs. But first, 
Uh, let's bring up with some key news items. So in the news this week, Patrick Turpilotu has re-signed through to the next Rugby World Cup. Um, I don't know if the part of the deal was he had to have pink fluffy hair or not. We'll have to, uh, we'll try and find out those details later as whether that was actually in, actually in the contract. The uh, Landers and the Blues win at home uh, in front of large crowds. And Super Rugby AU kicks off on the 3rd of July. And they have a whole host of law changes, which we will be discussing um, as well. Um, so uh, let's get uh, straight into our topics then. Um, Dwayne, as someone who kind of plays recently under the old laws, what did you think of the new law variations that they had put into Super Rugby um, over the weekend? Oh, I thought I thought it was um, very exciting to watch. Um, it was great um, to see the ball uh, move quite a bit, um, and it probably suited the the Blues. And some some would say, you know, the tempo was quite high. Um, you know, you see Bird and Barrett just kicking to the corners uh, very quickly, so it suited the Blues. And um, I think it'll, it'll expose a lot of teams as well, who, who probably did some fitness during the lockdown. So um, yeah, I think I think it, uh, it's it's good for the game, um, and it was entertaining as well. Yeah, so the uh, as you say, yeah, so so you think so? There's going to be yeah, okay. So fitness is going to be a big one. Obviously, Bowden Barrett um, uh, scorched his uh, his Bronco test. So clearly, the Blues in a good in a good place there for for that um, kind of things. Um, the other guys and I talked about this last night when we actually sort of reviewed the show. But let's we'll just remind people quickly what these law variations are. Um, we um, have the golden point. Um, which means if, it, if it's drawn at, at the end of full time, they'll go into a 10-minute extra time and golden point to win the game. We didn't see that at the weekend. A uh, red card a play gets replaced after 20 minutes. We didn't see that at the weekend um, either. So the only real, the real ones we saw were the key focus points, which actually meant that, um, I mean, Arsene, we didn't actually see any new laws at all, did we? We just, we just saw an interpretations of the laws uh, changes, which was basically around that breakdown uh, and people having to basically not being allowed to crawl and having to get out of the way. Well, that's that's it. You know, the, the commentators keep going on about the new laws, but it's just that there aren't. I mean, we didn't see any of the new laws actually enacted on the weekend. Um, we didn't see the red card and the 20-minute sort of substitution um, palaver, and we didn't see extra time. So all they were actually doing was actually applying the laws as are actually in existence, which we've sort of, you know, my hobby horse for the last couple of years is the fact is that we just want to see the referees actually applying the laws and then the players will have finally um, learned that and adjust. Um, Stephen uh, um, Cornflake, you obviously love counting your cards and uh, keeping a, 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 a tally of cards. Um, That's why they don't let them in at the casino. The <laughs> <laughs> I just, just have to wear uh, this to remind everyone about the success of the weekend's action of the yellow cap. Uh, but yeah, no cards. I mean, the Highlanders tried their best, didn't they, to um, get that red card rule into action. So yeah, I think we're going to see probably a bit more of that. But I think at least the referees were a bit consistent about how they ruled most things um, with the with the well, focus areas of it. And uh, both teams certainly can't complain, I don't think, about how the games went. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a red card or five or six or, or 20 uh, by the time the season's out. And I'll, I'll be sure to be counting them every every single week on the previews. Um, so make sure you come check that out to keep counting. But yeah, I mean, 
that we've seen that a lot in the uh, last couple of seasons, haven't we? The cards have certainly mounted up as the rules have changed, I guess, and developed and, and been tweaked and, and focused on certain areas and certain things. So I'm sure we're going to see more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Stephen, okay, I'm going to throw it over to you now. Um, uh, you, 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 you brought this one in here uh, as a suggested topic. Finals. What's what, 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 what's that all about then? I have, but but just before I do, I've 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 actually got to ask Dwayne a question. And good evening, Dwayne. And it's really just in and around when a game is being played and you're being heavily penalised by a referee. There could be the trainer thought, man, this guy's got it in for you. But you go away and 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 talk your player. What what do you actually say say to your players, Dwayne, when you are getting penalised at, at at breakdown all the time? Do you pull your players aside and, and talk to them about it? Or do you sort of more uh, think to yourself, well, it's just something we've got to eliminate ourselves? Well, I think most of the time it's taking the ref out of the game. And, um, you know, discipline's uh, probably the best thing that you could probably put your finger on, especially as a captain, is, is just to keep a cool head. Um, especially during that phase where um, I think the Hurricanes were under pressure a few times and probably didn't help as well. Where, um, you know, you had TJ sort of tripping at the referee and he was told a few times to, um, you know, chill a little bit or, or just uh, he didn't want to speak to him. So you push the boundaries um, and then, you know, obviously referees get sick of it. Um, then you just got to change um, or somewhat and, and probably change the way you play. Um, and and discipline is probably the biggest thing. I noticed there was, I think at the end, it was about a 31 count um, in terms of penalties. Um and a lot of other teams will probably see that, like Crusaders, you know, probably uh, watching and, and just understanding that they need to uh, make sure their discipline's um, in check come the next few weeks. So, yeah, probably just keeping a cool head. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. And, and just with those breakdowns, they obviously, they obviously say sometimes a, a penalty is either a millisecond or a second. But really, at the end of the day, it's sometimes just the cleaners being maybe half a step mm. late to clean out, is that what it pretty much comes out down to at the it end of the like day? It as well. It looked like they were pinging a lot of things. Like, um, you know, I heard the north-south sort of rule. Um, you know, it was, it was more just, just getting east-west, you know, just trying to get out of the, that ruck. And TJ played it well a few times. You could see he was, uh, he was, you know, he was milking it um, somewhat. But that's what that's what you do, you know. You just got you got to know the rule book, and um, you know, he probably knows it better than most referees, I'd say. Um, that's what halfbacks do, eh, Dwayne? Oh, you've got to push the boundaries. You, know? <laughs> you only have cheat until you get caught. That's what they say. So, just... so I thought he played it really well. Sorry, sorry, um, God. But there, no. there you are. Yeah, sorry to take it in a different direction, Paul. But yeah, just getting onto the question you originally asked me about the the competition. I, I looked at those great crowds yesterday, and if. If um, Super Rugby Aotearoa, Paul, keeps getting these sort of <laughs> crowd, crowds along, um, I, I think it's I think it's really important to actually maybe capitalise on something special. And and if there is a final, if there's the opportunity to have the top two teams in the final, why not jump on on board of it? Because I'm just maybe a little bit scared as well. One team might end up dominating and, you know, the competition's as, as good as done with uh, maybe uh, two or three rounds to go. I know it's a, it's pretty much a sprint, but I just think it's a, also a great opportunity for New Zealand rugby to, to capitalise on this because I think the, uh, I think we're in for some exciting rugby and to have a, have a final or even a Sunday afternoon final, I just reckon it would be superb. Just my thoughts anyway. Steady on there, Steve. 
It's just like we've only won one game, you know. It's just like we haven't run away with it yet. <laughs> but no, I have to agree with you. It does, feel, it does feel strange in this modern times of having a competition where there's not going to be a final series. It, it, uh, it, I, I don't know if it's wrong or right. It just feels strange. I was thinking they might have to get that extra stand put into Forsyth Bar just to, you know, accommodate for the extra people in the final. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen was suggesting actually a neutral venue for, for the final. And I was going to, so I was going to throw it back to him and say, okay, where was he thinking of hosting this final? Was it going to be, was he thinking Palmerston North or, uh, or, 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 or speaking the region somewhere? What Steve said, Forsyth Bar. Rugby Park's free, I think, and no one's down there. <laughs> I reckon anywhere, you know, we anywhere that the um, the two teams that are in the final, maybe say for example, if it's if if it's if it's the Crusaders and the Chiefs, have it at Eden Park, you know, at, at a you'd want a big venue, or vice versa, if it was uh, the Blues Crusaders, have it in Wellington. I think it'd be a great little boost for the economy, uh, for the for the economy, for the comedy, for the economy. I. <laughs> I should say, but also a great um, a great opportunity for people to to, to travel to travel around. I, I just I'm just putting it out there, really. Obvious. I'm I'm all uh, as, um, as as Simon says. It works fine in the Premier League, and that's obviously football. Uh, look, I, I'm not a great. I, I actually like the traditional nature of having just a league table, and the person who wins the most games in the league wins the league, right? Rather than it coming down to. to <laughs> um, from a player's point of view, Dwayne, do you guys uh, did and do you guys sort of get more excited towards finals time? And do you, do you think do you like finals, or, or do you do you prefer seeing that have a knockout cup if you want a final, have a league if you want a league? Um, what, what what how do the players see it? It's always exciting times, you know. That's why you play footy is to get to those moments. Uh... Sorry, press the wrong button. Oh, there we go. You're right. No, no, you're right. Um, no, no. So I, I guess um, you know, every player's you know looking towards uh, winning finals for you or being in in the playoffs, and um, you know what better way to do it than um, a league of its own. Um, and as a, as a men sort of said, you know, it's a sprint right now. So you know, every game's exciting, especially in New Zealand, and, and probably for club rugby as well. So, well, it's just it's exciting times. Um, you know, just to see. Uh, rugby back uh, and just the, the style it was played, a full crowd, um, you know, showed the world that um, it was possible and, and New Zealand just, you know, took um, centre stage and, and, and world stage actually and uh, there was a lot of viewers. Um, so, no, I think uh, it's, it's the beauty about rugby is playing finals footy um, and I think if you're, you know, you know, playing rugby for that, then I'll well just stick to playing club, enjoying, you know, sociable playing and, and just enjoying with your mates. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then finals footy is what it's all about. Um. Actually, on that note, uh, obviously you, you've started training already for the, uh, the for the Auckland club competition that kicks off next weekend. Um. Is it a is it a full league? And and, and are you having are they having playoffs and finals in that for, for the club competition, or um or is it a shortened season and a, and a short uh, and less games this this time around? Um, from a quick glance, I think Stephen might um, have more info, but I think it's, it's just a, it's, it's quite a hard and fast sort of tournament. And I think you know, if you lose early, um, your chances of winning uh, uh, the tournament will be pretty slim. Uh, but 
Steven will probably know more info. Um, I'm still waiting for a release from my club in the US to play. So um, oh, okay. I haven't really, I've been training with the boys, but um, just enjoying helping the young boys out. And then, yeah, there's so much talent here in Auckland. It's crazy. So, Stephen, do you know, are you on mute, Mike, by the way, Stephen? So, um, do you want to under your mute? Give us an update? <laughs> that, 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 that helps. Well, the Auckland Club competition starts uh, this weekend this week. to Papa Maris, Eden Grammar Tech, Waitamata, Papa Toy Toy. That's where I'll be, just up the road here, Otahu Pakuranga. And uh, that game is at uh, Sturgis Park Suburbs, Manuko, East Tamaki, and College Rifles and uh, Ponsonby play university. I know Ponsonby. And we had a, uh, an internal game on the weekend, caught up with Tani Fuga, and uh, he said uh, they've actually been getting some really, really good numbers. A lot of, as Dwayne previously said, there's a lot of guys that have come back from overseas. And we're not just talking about guys who play in the really big professional competitions, but we also got guys that are playing in the, uh, I think maybe, P, well, they call it the P2 Professional 2 competition in, in France as well. So, and of course, all the guys who played MRL, so a lot of guys back there. So by the look of it, this looks like it's almost a, uh, it looks like it's a, a normal draw. How long it runs for, though, hard to say. I'll have to have a decipher this Auckland uh, Club Rugby printout. It's i got to say, it's confusing at the best of times. I must say, I, I do find club rugby diff, difficult, uh, confusing in, in New Zealand because you, you have a first round of games, don't you? Then you split the table into hot, the top eight go and play each other and the bottom eight go and play each other. And then you end up with finals. Yeah, it, it's it's not easy to follow. So, um, but it's good to see yeah, club footy back next weekend um, as well. Um, I think you'll find there's just an Auckland club rugby structure though, isn't it? It's not, it's not across New Zealand that um, all the provinces have a, a convoluted solution system like the Auckland Club rugby system. Oh no, no, um, um, Waikato does too. Waikato has oh, okay. a, has, My bad. Has, has has season part A and season part B, and you don't know what season part B is going to be until the last game of season part A. And oh, it's just yeah. Um, on that note, uh, so Dwayne, obviously you just mentioned there you, you're having to get you're still waiting on your release from your club uh, over in Major League Rugby. Have you been chatting to any other players from overseas and are they finding it easy or hard to get releases? No, actually, it's um, it's just a matter of um, right now in the MLA, they're going for a draft system, uh, first of its kind. Um, so I think I know um, a lot of the directors of rugby um, you know, are quite busy um, selecting uh, their players. So I spoke to our director of rugby and he's uh, just been pretty busy at the moment, but um, he's going to get that release all sorted, I think, and it takes a couple of days. Um, but uh, talking to other players, um, as Stephen said, this, the club competition is going to be pretty exciting. Um, there's a lot of players that are that are here right now, um, whether it be from France or even guys that are off contract. Um, you know, I, I think I saw Lolangi Vicenia, who was uh, running around uh, for suburbs as well. Um, so they're so the mighty suburbs. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting competition, and I think it's early. It's early, great that it's in New Zealand. Um, you know, harder rugby, so no, it's, it's definitely going to be an exciting tournament. Probably not just Auckland itself. You know, it's across New Zealand. Um, you know, there's a lot of players across New Zealand that are back home. You know, Japan um, guys. I don't know. There's a lot of guys seeking releases from their clubs in Japan just to get some club footy in. So, competition's going to be great. What's your just what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that the overseas clubs should release them, you know, so that the, their players are getting a bit of rugby under their belt, or should they be concerned about the injuries? Because that's what it is. That's what it's about, isn't it? It is. Um, it's a tricky one. Uh, well, I can't, you can't put um, your finger on it because you know 
Uh, I'm not an owner myself, but you know, it's almost like you know, I'm paying this guy's wages, and if he gets injured, see you later, sort of thing. So it's a tricky one. Uh, but I guess if you if you want your players to come back fit, uh, rearing to go, then you take that risk. Um, otherwise, as, he's just going to stay at home and you know, sort of. As a player, himself. do you do you think you sh- it's better for you? Say, like, let's take you individually. And say, like, yeah. do you think that's for your own performance? you're better off that you carry on playing or it doesn't hurt you if you did just sit it out? Me personally, I'd, I'd love to play um, only because, uh, you know, match fitness as a halfback. Match fitness. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just huge. Uh, match fitness is different to your general sort of fitness. And, um, you know, you can run a Bronco, um, you know, or whatever at a great time. But if you don't, you know, get the minutes under your belt, you know, playing sort of 60, 70, you know, 80 minutes then it's just different so yeah me personally i'd love to play and and one thing you you can't replicate physical contact oh well, that's it you know you can yeah you do it at training with the pads and uh, you know it's totally different to you know getting a 130 kg prop running at you <laughs> full speed ahead. so uh, half the time you're closing eyes and hoping for the best and you know whoever opens <laughs> eyes first is is the lucky guy so uh, yeah it's um yeah me personally i'd love to play um and, and just you know, getting sort of at the end of the age of my footy career, so I'd love to give back to my club. I think it also comes down to when are the teams expecting to play. So whereas uh, in Major League Rugby, we know that's not going to kick off until, or we, we, we're not expecting it to kick off, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, until sort of end of February, or actually probably March next year. So there's a long, there's a long time until that plays. So if you get injured, there's time for, for recovery. Whereas... Um, I know there was talk of the the players need to be back in Japan for November, um, so which wouldn't give much of an off season. So it, 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 yeah, that, that's also going to play into it is to kind of when do you have to be back um, with your employers for those games uh, as, to, as to when they start um, as um, as well. Um, where should we go next with all of this then? Um, super rugby crowds then. Um, Cornflake, you obviously you're down there in uh, in the deep south. What's going to be the noise around there? Did people? Do you think you're going to get big turnouts? I mean, Highlands obviously got the win. Um, think you get big turnouts for those uh, going forwards as well. Oh, it's it's tough to say. I think a winning team is always going to have that positive reaction, isn't it? So I think it's going to probably flow on, but. Um... You know, being on the bye, obviously, next week is going to let that a little bit die. I think a lot of the fans that go to the games down here, especially, are pretty uh, one-eye-focused. So they'll be watching the, the progress of their team. Whether they'll be watching the rest of the competition, I'd say a, a lot of that would would just pass them by. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the vibe is, is really good. But, I mean, you could have put on a game of tiddlywinks at Forsyth Bar and you would have packed their house out if it was live sport. So, yeah, it's easy to get a good vibe about it. But I think you've got to give credit to, to what the Blues and that have done with with their pricings and their tickets. I noticed they've very quickly smashed on that again. Um, and a couple of the other teams have jumped on that with, with discounted prices for kids and even for adults now as well to get the crowds along. So I think, yeah, they've got to jump on that. All the, all the unions have to do that. They've all got to jump on that encourage the crowds make it easy make it cheaper to go to just make all those allowances to, to allow it to happen don't make it difficult because as soon as you lose that you're not going to get it back um unless we have another pandemic or, or something like that's going to go wrong so you've got to keep that nicely yeah you've got to keep that passion 
and you got to keep everyone on top of it. So you got to do whatever you can to keep it on. And that, that those promotions, uh, just hard hitting the advertisements, everything like that, keeping their passion in the game high is what they've got to really try and focus on uh, over the whole course, this whole competition. And yeah, you know, the interest is there. And there's no doubt about it. The interest is there. Um, people have just found it too easy to stay at home and watch it. But I think the desperation of seeing something has brought out the best. And hopefully, hopefully that can stay on uh, for this whole competition. It would be great, ideally. Absolutely. Ashwin, you were in uh, the uh, at Eden Park. Was there anyone else in the Was there a talk around the West Stand of people getting their cars and driving down Hamilton for this weekend's game against the Chiefs? Yes. Or- yes. There was. So, I mean, just, just to sort of cover that, I mean, I, I, um, just on the ticket prices, so Blues have doubled down, and um, basically on the, from what I've seen today, they're actually offering even cheaper tickets for the Highlanders, so um, no offence there, Steve, Cornflake Steve, um, but they, they're sort of like your $20 tickets have actually got a 20% discount on them if you buy them by tomorrow. So um, if you are in the Auckland region and you're wanting to get down to that Highlanders game, I suggest you buy your tickets tomorrow so you can get a further 20% discount on it. Um, look, I, I actually started investigating going down for next week's game for the Blues Chiefs game down at uh, down at Waikato Stadium. And, um, you know, you, you can get seats down there for $15. Um, so unfortunately, I've got something that I possibly got on, so I can't go down, but... Now, definitely the chat amongst the group that I go with was, um, hey, shall we go down for next week's game? I think they're trying to soften the blow of a loss is what it is. For the I Chiefs. Mean, <laughs> I mean, for the Blues for next week. Oh, it, swing it whatever way you like, but, you know. <laughs> okay, so well, they, need to get, they need to get Chiefs coming. Chiefs fans coming along the game for 2-0. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, and 2 0-2. <laughs> Oh dear. So that's been um saucy. It's okay. So it's all looking good for Super Rugby Altera. Um now let's move that's on better. to Super Rugby AU quickly. Um and let's look at the uh the law changes they have over there because rugby <laughs> rugby administrators don't like to keep things simple. All right. One of the things we've noticed um is actually actually good point. Stephen Harris, Dwayne, um, do either of you know what laws you they're actually gonna play by? in the Auckland Club competition. Are they going to include the new trial laws or not? And as you can tell there, folks who are watching, you can see them going, I haven't got a clue. For those of you on the podcast, not great audio, I know. But some, yeah, basically most of them haven't, don't know. So we'll, who knows what laws they'll have in that competition. Over in Rugby Australia, Super Rugby Australia, let, um, let me uh, give you a few, a few of the law changes they're having over there. If you get held up over the line, you're going to have a, there's going to be no five meter scrum. It's going to be a dropout from underneath the posts. If you knock it dead from the end goal, it's, there's also no five meter scrum. It's going to be a dropout from under the posts. If you kick it from your own, if, you, if, if a kick from the attacking 22 lands in the, is caught in the defending 22, you're not allowed to mark it. So only kicks out that, that originate outside the opposition 22 are allowed to be marked. Um, the red card, we're going to have that 20 minutes um, get replaced. They are going to have a 50-22 rule and a 22-50 rule. So, um, <laughs> just to confuse people, if you kick the ball from your own half, it bounces and goes out um, in the opposition 22, you get the put-in. If you kick it from your 22 
it bounces and goes out in the opposition's half, you also get the put in. Um, so we'll see if that changes how things are. The one game of Global Rapid Rugby I saw, um, we only we only saw that happen once in a whole game. They are, and then finally, they're going to have super time at the end of games. So if the game is ending um, in a draw, there will be two five two periods of five minutes of extra time. The first point scored wins the match. So golden points. But whereas in New Zealand it's a solid ten minutes, in Australia it's going to be two separate minute two two separate halves of five minutes. So, boys, um, while you're doing so, uh, let's. I'm going to throw this to, to Cornflake first, um, and let Dwayne actually digest what I've just said there. Before, before we, 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 we pester him with or pat him with, with questions about this. what do you think of the Australian rules then? Uh, NRL, if you want to put it very quickly and, and very sharply, uh, the goal on dropout just screams the NRL. The 50, 22, 22, 50 screams NRL, isn't it? I mean, can you not think of some, I oh know it's all well and good to think of some cool ideas and some fresh and new ideas. I mean, the global global rapid rugby kind of did their own sort of swing on things. It was a, a bit unique, you know, with the, the the try zone and all that sort of thing. This just thinks looks like they've kind of gone. Wow, that that kind of looked as cool in in the league, isn't it? Let's just see if we can adapt it to rugby. Um, that's a bit strange, but you can kind of see just by the reaction of of you talking about these rule changes that the players are probably going to be absolutely bamboozled as well. You're going to get guys trying to take marks and they're going to get smashed and the referees is going to go, well, too bad, buddy. Um, they're going to be throwing their arms up in the air. They're going to be punting the ball all over the place. You have six guys defending at the back trying to stop these potential you know, kicks that they'll probably be trying to in the first round of games. Everyone will just be thumping it from their own half or their own 22 to try and cash in on whatever they can. It could be quite entertaining. And knowing the Australians... Um, yeah, they'll just, they'll just be here. There's chickens running around if it's anything like the Waratahs and things like that. They'll have no idea what's going on. And, you know, you'll have props, you drop goals. It'll be old school Australian Super Rugby again. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it could be, could be really entertaining. Although, as for cohesion and um, actual rugby entertainment, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure. But, I mean, do we give them a little bit of credit for trying something new? I'm not really too sure. I personally, I agree with Ashwin, who's who's shaking his head quickly <laughs> off the side of his screen. I just think they've just got a bit desperate here and just gone. What can we do to just do something? Let's do something. We've we've got to act like we're making a change. Uh, yeah, yeah that's it. Be a bit smarter. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's just like you know, the, the Australian rugby is obviously in dire straits, and they're just trying to make sure that um, they don't get out of it. Because those rules that they've implemented are just—I'm sorry. I, the only one word I can use—they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Arthur says when he's uh, trying not to swear in front of his son. Um, the, <laughs> Doesn't um, Australian rugby remind you of Sansa? It's a bit like you know, oh, someone said we should do something. Quick, someone make a snap decision about something we can do to respond to this. Whatever it is, just do something. It's just that knee-jerk reaction that Sanzar do terribly um, with what we've seen over the, the competition over the last few years. It just, it just stinks of that straight away. It's like, oh, crap, New Zealand's 100%. doing something. Someone else is doing something. Oh, we've got to, we've got to do, do something. something. What do we look at? NRL, that works, Go. But it's, the, the thing is, it's really stupid because if you look at what the key thing, the biggest improvement that New Zealand rugby's done is saying to the referees, ref by the rule book. 
right? And that's what's going to clean up the game. That's what's going to make it a better spectacle is the fact is that they'll actually use the rule book and they'll um, administer it, for want of a term. And it's just like, that's not what Australian rugby are doing. If Australian rugby had gone that path, down that path and said to their refs, look, rule by the letter of the law, and it's like the players will get it within a couple of games and we're going to have a fantastic free-flowing game. That's going to be great to watch. But no, they've gone and said, let's make more confusing rules. Laws, sorry, laws. We are game have the laws. <laughs> okay, Dwayne, we've, we've had the two boys come off the long run-up run up, run up there. Um, so obviously the, the, the 2250, the 2250, the 52 is all about trying to create space for attacking play by pulling defenders out of that defensive line um, uh, and, and all this sort of things. What what I, I do you think there? Do you think, as Arsenal says, they're stupid, or do you think they're um, they're actually some of these laws could have unintended consequences and open up the game? Oh, I think it's a tricky one, as conflict Steve said. You know, it's, it's a bit like NRL. Um, you know, it's you know, just it's just, yeah. I, I give them credit for trying to um, get some interest into the game, and um, I think. The situation they're in, um, you know, they, they're trying to get bums on seats and and viewers as well. So, uh, sounds like they're desperate. But um, I think if there's anyone they could pull it, it's probably Australia. Um, you know, there's just because there's um, so much sport that's there, and, and rugby's not as popular um, as it is here. So, yeah, a bit like what um, Western Force and the Global or Rapid Rugby was were trying to do with the point scoring system. Um, yeah, they got to think of something to entice. Uh, viewers and, and the fans and, and more so the young to stay in, in rugby and, and stay competitive and you know somewhat enjoy it um, and, and get back you know bums on seats Dwayne i got a question for you as, as a player if you were playing in Australia and you got this thrown at you I know if you're playing super rugby right now it's pretty simple yeah, the yellow card thing and the extra time thing it, it's pretty basic and straightforward if you've got all those rules surrounding you to prepare for a new season in what a, a handful of weeks how much of a mindset stuff up is this are you going into this match consciously having to think about all these different things that you have to adapt to does that completely take your focus off your just basic core roles as whatever position you would be playing at, at, in that competition especially a fullback or a winger to adapt have so many of those rules affected to them how does that affect your just basic game when you're thinking so much about trying to adapt to those many different rules yeah, I think oh, it'll be tricky for a few positions, probably the 10. Um, well, the drivers are 9 and 10, and also the fullback as well. But, you know, their rugby hasn't changed still. You know, you still got to um, beat up the boys up front and, um, you know, keep the game basic as basic as possible. Um, as much as they change the rules, you know, you still got to um, play the basic game. And, you know, if it works out or some does, and if it doesn't, then, you know, you just got to go back to the drawing board. And um, I guess it's up to the coach as well, what he implements, and, you know, if he's going to play towards that the rule and style then, you know, the, the team has to adapt to it. But I guess every team will be different. Um, and I think at the Blue, you know, the Blues showed that they adapted to the new rules um, a lot better than uh, the Hurricanes did. And uh, they looked a bit flustered. I was, I was just saying to my cousins that it was probably the first time I've seen the Hurricanes look like that in a wee while. Um, you know, they looked flustered. They um, probably weren't uh, holding the ball as, as well as they used to. And, um, you know, TJ looked flustered as well. So, um, you know, the experienced boys uh, didn't play as well as the Blues did. So, yeah, I guess the the, the quickest team to adapt is probably the, the team that's going to win. The 
and, and there are going to be teams that are going to, with, with so many different law changes, there are going to be some teams that are going to kind of get one right and mess up others and, and vice versa as well, um, I, I think. Um, but as as as, um, as Cornflake said, we could be actually seeing a version of AFL played on a rectangular pitch with the amount of kicking um, that's uh, that's going on. So that's going to be, um, so that, that is definitely going to be uh, going to be interesting. Uh, they kick off with the Reds versus the Waratahs and the Brumbies versus the Rebels on the 3rd and 4th of July. Um, the following weekend sees the Rebels versus the Reds and the Waratahs versus Western Fourth. And currently the Waratahs don't have a stadium. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do on the 11th of July. They haven't, they haven't got a deal yet with any of the stadiums in Sydney. Um, so hopefully they get something sorted out in the next couple of weeks. Um, I can all, Concord Oval. Concord Oval again. <laughs> Rocking at old school. <laughs> yeah. Why don't just look, um, just make it a secret venue locally down the park because no, they're not allowed crowds anyway. Um, <laughs> turn up somewhere and, um, and, and and play. Throw down a couple of jumpers and, uh, and you're sorted. Um, oh, dear. So then, um, on to... The last thing then, and both Arsene and Stephen, you guys picked up on this one. Um, $300 million um, for naming rights. Um, no, 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 don't go there, please. Um, Stephen Harris, I'll let, you, I'll let you kick off this one. Um, what do you think about uh, this the idea of giving it over to a, a company and then they can on-sell it? So we could see the, cha- the jersey name change depending on which tournament the, the All Blacks are playing in. Well, the first thing is the AIG sponsorship. Uh, I think that pretty much sells its course at the end of uh, 2021. So I think it's it it is important that they they get a, a backer of sorts. I'm curious to know where they came up with the with with the figure. It's obviously quite a substantial amount, but obviously maybe the same sort of figure that AIG. Uh, Basically, head with the uh, part of the part of the sponsorship uh, uh, package, but I guess they've just got to do what they've got to do. Um, they they need money to uh, to keep the game running, uh, these various competitions up and running, and it, it is what it is. But there's there's, there's one thing of so in the, the the previous deal was what was it 180 125 over five years, I thought it was. Um, and then it's going to be 300 for the next five years. So, I mean, that's more than doubling. That's um, so that that's uh, that 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 is that that, that is an impressive um, uh, an impressive rise. Um, what is I, um, but Arshan, what, what what are you your feeling here of this um, one that's going to be? I think I think it's you know we're talking about innovations in Australian rugby, and um, to me it feels like a um, a an innovative process or. Um, solution that they seem to be coming up with. It's the rights being sold to an advertising company. So as Paul's alluded to, every test series, you could have a different sponsor on the um, shirt. Now, obviously, the advertising company will be going out to market themselves saying, okay, who wants to put their name on the All Blacks jersey? So they obviously see the potential to resell at a profit um, or as a package deal to one of their clients, um, the billboard space on the front of the All Blacks jersey. I think it's a great innovation if that's actually what they're going for. It's great, you know. Um, the All Blacks need more money, three hundred million dollars. Um, you know, it, 
it's actually the equivalent of all the other sponsorships that they have, including Jersey sponsorship with Adidas. So I, I think it's a great uh, initiative if it, it it is what we're talking about, how we how we're talking about it. And just think how quickly Ashman can fill up that wall with all the different sponsored uh, All Black shirts <laughs> over the next probably you know, eight months. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get a job to pay for the jerseys first. <laughs> Yes, so Triple Sport, if you'd like to sponsor the show and uh, keep those um, up to And fill up the rest of my wall. Much appreciate. Um, seriously, guys, I mean, look, the, the, surely there's this, the, the idea is that you have loyalty and emotional and attachment. The idea that somebody else could put, I mean, there'll be obviously some restrictions around it, but um, having Ford on it for home games and then having, having General Motors on it for the one test match that they hold in Chicago before putting on McDonald's when they play in the end of year tests in November. Um, don't you think that changing that you, you associate it with one Jersey for Alshon's just shaking his head. Is, is, you, you don't think that that can be over commercialized rather than just having, having it's, you don't see a difference between that and having, it's dragging the All Blacks, uh, the NZRFU, kicking and screaming into the modern world, isn't it? I mean, that's all about advertising. It's all about maximising that advertising dollar, their marketing opportunity. That's all it is. Um, I, I think it would actually be quite um, quite exciting to have a different name on the front of the jersey, you know, for each each series. It's like you, say, for, um, you, you have it here locally and it's Ford and you go to America and you can get $10 million out of General Motors to you know they can't afford it, but you know you get ten million dollars out of General Motors, and then the American government bails them out. But that's another story. Um, and then you go to um, you know you go to the UK and you you, you try and promote obesity by getting McDonald's on front of your shirt, sort of thing. I, I think it's um, it's a great initiative. Then sort of like you know the as, as you've just put up on screen the Huawei All Blacks. Um, you know we don't want to give away our secrets, so we have to make sure that um, there's nobody um, sniffing around in all our IP, but. Uh, That'll be great. And and since Qantas are dropping the Wallabies, yeah, the Qantas All Blacks. He's not going to have any money to be able to sponsor them soon. Does anyone care what's on the front of a jersey anymore? Nah. Like, is anyone nah, complaining nah. that BNZ isn't on the Blues jersey or, or, or things like that? It's it's just what's on the jersey, isn't it? What what matters is is the little logo there of, of the team that you're supporting. That, that's all that really matters. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter who makes it. It doesn't matter... If it's Adidas or it's Nike or whoever <laughs> makes it, it, it's supporting the team. And yep. if you think about it more on the other sense of things, it'll, it'll make a bit more money because you're going to have those hardcores out there that buy every single different shirt. But it's also going to make shirts a bit more of a collector's sort of thing as well because you're going to have that shirt from, you know, that 2022 tour of Ireland and, you know, that 2023 tour of, of America and things like that. So you're going to have specific branded or not branded but specific uh, iconic shirts with different areas different tours different years that kind of have specific rather than just saying oh that's the you know 2018 19 20 all black shirt with aig on it um you're going to be able to narrow and pinpoint collector's items when we're sitting here and we're 80 still making these videos um going on about <laughs> you know, 2025 all blacks with uh, kfc on the front so who knows could be a collector's item you have a shelf What'll be great is, you know, like like Steve just had, you know, the Northland jersey with Hanson on the back. And you just imagine that on the All Blacks jersey. And then, you know, for the pre-game entertainment, you've got Hanson with Zimbop starting off. You know, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
was about to say, if I'm, if I'm still here talking to you guys when I'm 80, something has seriously gone wrong with my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't worry, Stephen. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be up in your farm in Northland with absolutely zero, inter, zero Wi-Fi or, uh, or, or connectivity at all. You'll be lucky to have a little up there. Um, I'll, make sure the, I'll make sure the roadblocks are open. <laughs> Actually, Dwayne, do, do, do do the, the, I mean, like, obviously, even at club level these days, you've got your jerseys plastered with sponsors. Are you guys made aware of who the sponsors are? And, um, you know, are you aware of who you, what the name on the jersey is and what they do or anything like that? Yeah, um, you know, last Friday was a jersey auction uh, for Pickering as well. So they do it every year. Um, and you're sort of aware of who sponsors your jersey. Um, and it's always a good thing, um, especially for young boys, just to go and, um, you know, interact with the uh, you know, sponsors and, and stuff like that. So just builds that connection uh, within the club and, you know, life members and stuff like that. So I'm not sure about other clubs, but you know, it's always special um, to have those sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, it just allows us to play rugby and, and you know, pay for fees or, or whatever. And, um, you know, we're trying to teach the young boys to network um, as much as they can and, and, and just go and say hello to to the sponsors or the life members and stuff like that because at the end of the day uh, you never know you might get a free beer at the end of the game so um you know there's <laughs> the little things that, that you want to try and do um but yeah, you know the sponsors is, is all part of it um and especially of grassroots rugby now that's so important that um you know we we look after the sponsors and and we still get sponsors um you know there's some sometimes some clubs are you know are just struggling to even field a team so or we'll even get uh, trained gears and boots and stuff like that. So um, it's it's pretty vital for club rugby at, at the moment. Yeah, I was talking with um, uh, I was out, out, out in Tyra at the weekend, uh, and they're not going to be fielding a first team um, this season. They're only going to put out a B team um, this year. Uh, they have had a lot of overseas players traditionally uh, all over the last couple of years, and obviously that's just not available for them this season. And hence, they won't be able to, to to get a big enough or yeah a, a competitive squad out for the um, for the Premiership. Unfortunately for them, but when it comes to the professional level, uh, I mean the a, a lot of the sponsors will work with the clubs around giving players uh, opportunities to get some work experience, etc. for for their post work post game for, sorry post playing career, um, and they're much more long term. Uh, agreements or, or relationships. I just think this, yeah, this putting a, a label on for, for one game or for, uh, just is, isn't really what sponsors are looking for these days, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and I'll if we could sell one of your houses, please, so that we could get uh, New Zealand Sports Radio onto the the, the, the the arm of an All Blacks jersey for, for, for one of their games, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> Worth a try. <laughs> if I sell one of my houses, I have to give the money to the bank, though. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I've run through kind of the topics that uh, that, that we had down down for this. So, Ashwin, um I've got a question. I've got a question for the group. Actually, um, something that popped up in the game. Yesterday, so this could be education for me, or um, I'm right. And the fact is that just before Ben Lamb's try, um, there was a there was a penalty given, and the Hurricanes opted for the scrum. Now the scrum, the ball was at the back of the scrum, and Lani Mamapi Lamapi actually 
progressed forward and was basically about two meters away from the back of the scrum whilst the ball was still in the back of the scrum. My understanding was that you had to remain, both sides had to remain five meters back from the scrum until the ball was cleared from the scrum. Dwayne, you might be in the best position to answer that. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a bit like a fine line. Like if you, uh, you, as I said, you know, you only get cheated unless you get caught. And those, those are the, the little things that um, a lot of the coaches, um, you know, try and um, teach us is that, you know, buy, buy the A-line, you know, advantage line and try and, um, you know, buy it as much as you can. You beat defenders and also defenders as well. You can you can push the referees or the touches. Uh, but in saying that if the referees are, are refereeing it, um, you know, strictly, then they should have been on top of it and, and picked it up. Or, you know, video referees, so, we've got technology now to... Okay, to so we were things. correct in the fact is that you can't progress yeah. past the five-meter line until the ball's out of the scrum. Okay, sweet. Cheating in the rule book, <laughs> yes, but uh, it's, you just got to get away with it if you can. So, yeah. We were we were standing there in the west stand screaming, "He's coming the five he minutes! He's coming the five minutes!" <laughs> yes, and it's, uh, <laughs> he probably doesn't need to, um, you know, advance his like, his bloody rocket as it is. So. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I thought the Blues kept him quiet. Um, I thought the Blues played. Bloody well. I I thought the um actually that was a massive um part of the game for the Blues is the fact that they shut down Laomapi uh, um and, and it, it stopped the backline the Hurricanes backline because you can t a lot of their go forward is based off Laomapi crash balling up um and generally he makes meters you know whether it's whether it's one meter or two meters even it gets them as you said the a line the advantage line it gets them across that but on the weekend they he was basically hitting a brick wall and he didn't make it through that line once if i remember rightly yeah no you're definitely right what, what i loved about the blues is they fronted physically um i think that's what's been missing in the last uh you know i'd say a couple of games or even seasons um it's probably just real staunch defense and the want um to really win that match and, um, you know, that's what I said. You know, I haven't seen the Hurricanes play like that in a wee while. Um, and that goes to show the, the, how great the Blues were. Uh, yeah, that's a good point you raise, is that, you know, sitting in the West End, I, I mean, I got season tickets in the West End, so we've been there watching it painfully for many seasons. And um, you just, you notice the fact is that you're yelling, the boys, get up, get up. But this season... That's what they're doing, you know. They're out. They're, if they're um, on the ground, they're out of the game. So they're getting to their feet and getting in position much, much quicker than they have it for a long time. They're making that effort. You know what? What all the other Super Rugby sides have been doing, basically. <laughs> and then you're yelling, "Why can't ours do that?" <laughs> and I do think that you're also actually the the the, point, the the one name out of that back line that we just that wasn't talked about is the guy that's been responsible for that, which is TJ Fowney. Everyone's talking about Petro Black, how good a game he had. Obviously, Bowden Barrett, uh, the two wingers, clearly had good games. Rico Wani, obviously, the breaks um, and for, for, for the tries. But TJ Fowney, uh, one of the leaders in that team, was would have been the guy trying keeping Lamapi quiet. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think he's someone that's, that's overlooked uh, in that team, personally. He's well, yeah, one of the unsung heroes um, for them. There, um, definitely providing a rock in the back line, and um, you know, we, we, I mean, just just going back to that, I mean, like, um, Cornflake Steve alluded to this yes, yesterday in terms of year after year, the Highlanders are always sort of looked at, oh, yeah, you know, they'll be bottom of the log, but 
it's it's the ticker that's in the jersey. We talked about the, what's on the outside of the jersey. I was going to say it's, it's it doesn't matter what's on the outside of the jersey. It's what's on the inside of the jersey that counts. And the, the coaches or what, because it is the coaches at the end of the day, it's the management of the team that somehow gets inside the heads of the players to get them to make make you know to lift to play better than what they're capable of playing uh, to push themselves. And and you've seen that, and I say every quite often with the Highlanders, you know that that's as Steve alluded to. I think it was last night you did, Steve. Is the fact is that everybody writes off the Highlanders. We all do, and it's just like, but they they perform, and uh, it's it's about getting up and um, playing for your mates next to you, um, playing for your um, the place that you come from, and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? It's that thing of um, I've completely lost my complete train of thought. I was going to say on that, but it, it's. It skill takes you so far, but it's the top two inches and the mental aspect of the game that takes you to the next level. Um, so you can be the most skillful, amazing, talented player in the world, uh, but if you've not got that mental side of the game right, the ability to to stay kind of in the game, I guess, and not drop your head when things go wrong, which they're always going to go wrong, and just keep on fighting. Like, I mean, the Highlanders in that game could have easily, when McKenzie hit that drop goal over, thought, oh, crap, we're done. It's like, how are we going to get the ball back, get away down the other end of the field again and, and do something ourselves? They just stayed up, fought back two minutes. It was more than enough, plenty enough, wasn't it? And it just shows that that sort of stuff, there's an amount of skill involved, but, I mean, that's that's top two inches mental uh, all the way to the bank, and it just shows that breeds confidence as well. And confidence, oh, oh that's just next-level stuff then. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting. This is like, as you alluded to again last night, it's just like they had a minute left on the clock and they went back to good old traditional Southland going backwards, <laughs> protecting the ball style rugby. <laughs> Jamie McIntosh would be proud. It was a proud, proud moment. He would be really. <laughs> How many ran Freddie Shields defences? That's a lot. Canterbury, Auckland. You all remember the Mashwin. You all remember them. You remember the good old days out here at Rugby Park. How do you play in a mud bog? It's just like it was it was bog and it was like the that wind was howling. How do you get out of that bog with the wind? <laughs> with a loss. That's how you see the back on the bus with a loss. Doesn't matter. Penalties. That's all you need. That's all you need. Nine six. Just, that's all we need. It's the just gonna done. come back to just gonna come back to something nocturnal rights said in the old uh, chat room. And it's just like um I, yeah, look. Maybe the quality of the ball that the Hurricanes forwards were giving their backs was not as good, but in end of the day, that's what they've relied on Lamapi to do. Is the fact is that when their forwards haven't been providing good ball, he's they give it to him to take that crash ball forward to give him that momentum. So although they and I didn't think the quality of the ball was that bad coming out of the forwards, um, but if it was, that's what they use Lamapi for is to give them go forward when their forwards aren't going forward. Guys, guys, I'm going to jump in here. Just my in, real Steve. quick one. Yeah, I am going to jump in. As you two were waffling on about nothing before. Um, I, I, I sort of look at the weekend and I always marvel at these brilliant rugby players we're able to uh, produce. And I have three rookies from the weekend that I pretty much looked at and I, and I thought, wow, who really, really impressed me. These three young guys. Uh, from the uh, Highlanders game, Naitoa, Akoi, I thought, was outstanding when he came on. I also thought for the Highlanders, Marino Michele, too, was just absolutely damaging. And uh, my third one is Caleb Clark. Guys, out of those three, who's your number one pick of the weekend? Do you even need to ask me? 
I mean, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? Yep. It's, it's it's cut and dry. The big big number eight, luckily too, fantastic. He's a, I, he's I, a bulldozer, demolition machine, amazing. Uh, Thank you. Caleb had a good Caleb had a good game, but I'm going with number eight from Highlanders as well. Dwayne, yeah, yeah, I'd say number eight at um, Highlanders. He he played awesome. Um, with the beauty of battles, we've got some good um, ball running eights. Um, or some talent, you know, Hoskins at Blues as well. He couldn't go past his performance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But would, would we call him a could we uh, could we call him a rookie? I suppose he's pretty much in his first full season, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say yeah. Yeah, I think he's a rookie. Yeah, I thought he, he was awesome. Got some, uh, you know, got some talent now to pick from, especially when the All Blacks do decide. Uh, that'll be interesting. So, and Paul. I'm going to go with Caleb Clark because I can say his name. <laughs> <laughs> what competition did he play? Do you remember? <laughs> and Clarky. And, 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 and listen, in terms of standout performances of the weekend, you may you may may or may or may not disagree with me. And uh, and we saw some wonderful moments, obviously the Bryn um Gatlin clutch moment when he drop kicked the goal, but for me. I'm I'm actually going to go with uh, Otere Black. I I thought, in in a game where he needed to to show some control and continue the form that he showed early year, the pressure of having a, a, a Bowden Barrett. I I just really thought he never put a foot wrong and he kicked every goal that was on offer. Would any of you agree or disagree with me? We'll start with you, Steve. Uh, yeah, it'd be hard to disagree, wouldn't it? I mean, how much is the pressure behind him? encouraged him to actually lift his game. Oh, he was great at the start of the season without those guys behind him, but I think that's just encouraged him even more. Because you do see the atmosphere, especially the All Black sort of atmosphere, where players competing, you often see of Aaron Smith and, and TJ Perinara, they compete for the same position, but they push each other so far, they're like best mates. Well, they probably are best mates. Um, so you probably get that same sort of atmosphere that Barrett is going to push those guys so far to just keep at his level. It's like if you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan um, in the NBA, he just demanded the pinnacle of basketball from all his teammates. Doesn't matter if you're a, a number one pick in the draft or you're just picked up off a scrap pile, you were demanded that top level. And I expect that's what, not to that same sort of extent, but a player like Barrett, who is obviously a world player of the year, he would demand and play at that high level and, and drag everyone else with them as well. So I think the guy that's going to benefit the most from that would be the other guys that we're number 10, especially Black, who's been given that starting role in that position as well. It's just well, been a shame for Terry Black. I was going to get a novel. I was just going to say, it's been a shame for Terry Black because he's been in the blue setup for um, about three years now, if not a little bit more even. It seems like ages. But he just keeps picking up injuries. Um, and so he's never really been able to spend time in the jersey to actually get his game together. And most of those injuries have been sort of season ending or large parts of the season as well. So not only has he not had time in the jersey for the Blues, but time in for the jersey for the Turbos as well. Okay, that was really interesting. But do you think he, do you think he was probably one of the better performing players over the weekend? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I apologise profusely. Um, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Look, and, and then using what I just said. No, look, the time in the jersey has been fantastic for him, and he's just building from strength to strength. And and we've we've we've, we've thought he was a class player, but we've never been able to see it. And I think we're starting to see that emerge. 
And, and Dwayne, yourself, was there anybody who impressed you of the of the four teams that you saw on show? Well, as you said, Otero Black was, uh, for me, probably the best pick of the weekend. Um, and it probably helps that you've got a pretty classy fullback as well who's, who's another voice and who sees, you know, you the could. vision um, and, and just feeds back, you know, what, what he can see from the back as well. So it, it does help that you've got a world-class um, fullback. Um, you know, and then you had some water boys who were probably giving him so much advice, you know, and that was a good, great pick <laughs> of um, Tana and also DC, um, you know, so he's got a wealth of experience um, on the side, but as a young man, he, he definitely played his cards right. And, um, you know, it's almost like he said to the coaches, don't forget about me. You know, you got, um, you know, DC who's, who's coming in probably third, fourth string right now. Bodhi who'll slot into 10 at some stage. Um, and then you got Perifeta who's injured as well. So, yeah, it was a it was a performance to um, to say to the coaches, don't don't forget about me. I'm still around. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, and I hope he does really well. Well, there's four great minds. Can we make it five? Paul, what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, look, something that helped him clearly is is Bowden Barrett, but also the fact that Bowden Barrett can slip into that first receiver role and they can alternate it, so he's not having to concentrate every single play, as well as having to take that pressure off. He helps. I'm going to go with Dylan Hunt. 19 tackles, one missed. And come on, you all talk about the flash stuff um, on, on the attacking side. On the defensive side, I think um, he, he stood out for me as being, yeah, look, he got through a massive shift um, at, uh, at the weekend. So um, I'm going with Dylan Hunt as player of the round. I was going to throw someone else in there just to be a bit of a spanner in the works as well and say Ash Dixon. <laughs> so you sort of stole my thunder on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you Hey, speaking of Dylan Hunt, though, is your game plan when you're coming up against someone who, and defensively, he is a great player, right? Is he someone that you run at and tie him up? Obviously, he's going to make the tackle, so you tie him up in that tackle. So that means that he's tied up now in that ruck area, and then he can go wide because he's now not available in that defensive line. There's, there's definitely got to be an element of that, hasn't there? I mean, it's a bit like was some of the, some of the teams would, would sort of run at Pocock because you know if he's tackled and on the ground, he can't jackal for the ball. Yeah. So you try, so you, so you try and take him down with you. Uh, so there's an element of of of, um, of that definitely in in there. Um, and I think we saw that uh, particularly um, in the Blues. I mean, there, there was there was some really uh, um, good. Uh, I mean, Satutu, I think, um, uh, and, and also, I mean, Papilihi both shows their moments to get over the ball really, really well. Um, so I think that, 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 that was all very good. But I'm going to wrap things up now, boys, um, because we have been going for the full hour. So thank you very much, Ashwin, Stephen and uh, Steve, but uh, especially to Dwayne, our special guest this week. Um, and hopefully we'll have him back uh, for more weeks as well. Next week, um, we'll, we'll have Chris Eaves the ex-Hurricanes prop um, and uh, Sunwolves prop um, on the show um, for a chat. So uh, looking forward to uh, to having him on as, as well, get get, a, get someone to talk about some forward stuff rather than just all this flouncy backs that we've been hearing from you guys. And um, we we'll actually get down to nitty gritty as to some, uh, some, some of the real, real work um, that goes on. So thank you very much, everyone, for, for listening, for watching or listening to... <laughs> Um, the Driving More Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can listen to us on the go on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.